Hey everybody, this is Greg, and before we start the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. The very first one is close to my heart, Cloud Agent Suite from WNR Studios. To me, the next trend in MLS technology is all about choice. Agents and brokers want more choices of how they interact with MLS data. That's where Cloud MLX comes in. The creative team at WNR Studios asks themselves, what if you could search the MLS like Google? Cloud MLX is a front end of choice solution that lets agents search the MLS just like they think. It's simple, intuitive, and like all products from WNR Studios, it just works. Cloud MLX recently won Inman News Most Innovative Technology Award. I'm still recovering from that night. So give your members a choice. Check out Cloud MLX and the rest of the Cloud Agent Suite at cloudagentsuite.com. Our second sponsor is The Red Dot, a premium monthly report penned by none other than the notorious ROB. This report is a must-have if you're in any leadership position in organized real estate. Rob goes next level deep into important industry topics. You'll look like a rock star at your next board meeting. Trust me. To find out more, just visit notorious-rob.com forward slash premium. Check out the show notes for links to both sponsors. Also, if any of our listeners are interested in sponsoring the Industry Relations Podcast, please drop me a line at gregrobertsnagema.com. Thanks again for listening, and now on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another special edition of Industry Relations. This is your co-host, Rob Hahn, and I'm here with my other co-host, Greg Robertson. How are you, Greg? Hola, Rob. <laughs> By the third time, I swear I'm not going to, you're not going to get me. By the third time. I'll know. switch to French then. That's so right. We'll see what happens. What, what, what's the French like? Uh, what would it be? Yeah. Uh, bonjour. Bonjour, <laughs> Rob. Grob Sylvia. Either thank you or Ani Oshmika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. All yeah. right. We could start doing it in Korean. Yeah, okay. All right. We're going to do some soju shots up in here soon. <laughs> so, okay, look, we talked about Gary Keller, the last one. We clearly have to talk about Zillow. Yeah. I mean, that's like probably the biggest news to hit real estate in a real long time. Unexpected. Too, Very unexpected. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I think I would assume everybody who's listening to this already knows, but Spencer Raskoff has stepped down. Rich Barton is back in at CEO. They had the fourth quarter earnings call, which was Rich's first, you know, I think ever, because I don't think he was the CEO they when they went before, public. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think he did great. And they've announced like a pretty big pivot. They're putting a pretty big bet on iBuyer. I mean, the pivot was announced a while back, right? Right. But yeah. this was this was the first time, you know, we've heard things like $20 billion a year. Yeah. Right. They want to buy 5,000 homes a month. Right. Right. You know, I mean, just huge. And they got into the union economics, which was fascinating. And I wrote a giant post about that. Right. Which, you know, is getting all kinds of people, like, you know, disturbed. So, I mean, that being the context, what do you think? Let me just start with that, you know. A shock. Okay. Right. I got in the call... From a little birdie, mm -hmm. and I was in a cab in mm -hmm. Vegas, and I just my typical misspellings was up a little bit on that post. Just <laughs> I wanted to get it out there as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah. So I guess cynically, the first thing that I thought about is like mostly about Richard Barton stepping into the role. Mm -hmm. Is that why would this guy who's done so much, a billionaire, right, 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 a be, billionaire? Why, yeah. why become a CEO again? I mean, right. so the narrative they were spinning is like, no, he's actually he's engaged. This is something he wants to do and everything else. And I'm like. I don't think so. I didn't, mm -hmm. I, cynically, I thought, yeah. I don't think that's the case, yeah. right? Obviously, you know, um, the stock taking a hit as it has. It didn't um, take a hit. It, it's up? No. It, before oh, you mean before. This, yeah, 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 I yeah, mean, yeah, what, yeah. they lost 30% or 40% at one yeah, point. Yeah. 
something had to happen. It wasn't happening with, with Spencer. And they had to make a choice. And I guess all three of them, I mean, he's a co-founder. They all three got together and figured, okay, well, how do we get out of the situation? Yeah. And, and quickly, yeah. and maybe they came up with that. So yeah. that would be my outside looking in, no matter what the guys from Zillow were saying right. of what was happening. I'm right. thinking, no way he's right. just going to come in here and whatever else. I have other thoughts now, but I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I think that would have been a logical first response, right? Anytime a public company CEO steps away, you imagine it's because... You know, poor stock performance, something went on. I don't think so. Not in this case, right? Because I've been predicting Spencer stepping away for a while, right? Because I'm like, this guy has nothing left to prove, right? I mean, he did Hotwire and then, you know, Zillow took Zillow public, grew it from, you know, relatively like a third place company to, you know, absolutely the dominant juggernaut. He has young kids. You know, and when he bought his house in LA a couple years back, I was like, okay, you know, he's getting ready. He's achieved everything from a business standpoint. And I always figured, like, he's going to run for, like, senator, governor of California, you know, something. Like, mm. He's a really smart guy. He's young. You know, it's, I think he's maybe 40, 41. I think he's closer to 50, but, I mean, he's, he's No, young. he's not. Spencer? He's younger than we are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not 50. Yeah, I'm 51, so. Okay, well, you're an old, old bastard. Yeah. I can't tell you. <laughs> you're an old, dirty bastard. Yeah. No, Spencer's a young man. I'm like, he still, you know, has... Well, before you go on, yeah. let me just one little thing. Yeah. He has nothing left to prove. Yeah. To me, did they ever really make any money with their original model of premier agents? Define, uh, I guess that depends on what you mean by make money. Profit. Okay, again, what profit? Gross profit? Right. Absolutely. Right. Not gross profit, net profit. Net profit? No. But yeah. that was because it was strategic. They chose not to. Right. right. So they grew this company right. to be strategically for, for these premier agents and i guess they were successful doing that even though they didn't generate a net profit right but now they're gonna that's they max that out now they're gonna go over here right and that's gonna be i mean when when does it become like hold on a second the first premise that they weren't successful like i think that's just wrong i mean those guys lost in all this thing by the way was the fact that their revenues were 1.3 billion dollars last year 1.3 billion I can't remember what the gross profit number was, but their margins are something north of 85%, I think, right? So in other words, if they said, you know what, it's time for us to start taking some profit. Like our shareholders are saying, you know what, we've invested in the stock and where, where the hell are my dividends? They, they could have very easily done that. Right. They ne- but they never did turn they that never, corner. But you know, they never did because they never wanted to because their shareholders are like, no, no, we don't give a shit. No. Right? I mean, and think about some of their shareholders. I think, if I'm not mistaken, their largest shareholder is... Um, Caledonia, you know, giant international hedge fund. I think they're based out of Australia. Those guys aren't looking for dividend payments. You know, those guys are looking for, you know, equity value growth, right? So they're like, look, just go. We don't, we don't care about whatever three pennies per share earning. We we don't care about that. Just go, you know, reinvest in the business. So, I mean, I don't see it that way at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, in the previous podcast, we're talking about what is the measure of success, right? Right. So I I get, I understand what you're saying as far as how you want to look at success. Right. And, and in that case, right. revenue-wise, sure. Right. Um, I guess you can say they kind of prove that out in a sense, right? And I, I guess I feel like they got to a point where if they wanted to just stay in that business and just start taking profit, they could have. They just chose not to, right? Because yeah. I think they saw something else. Having said that, I do think what happened is they were just so focused on just like growing, you know, audience and then selling ads and, you know, premier agent and all of that. Here's my take on it. I haven't spoken to anybody there. You know, I don't 
I don't know. And whatever I do know, I can't talk about it anyway. So I think they were blindsided a little bit in 2014 when Open Door came out. I think a lot of those guys, including Rich Barton, including those guys, the billionaires at the top, I think they looked and go, why didn't we think of that? That's just my gut feeling on it, right? And I based it on the fact that like you hear Rich on the earnings call, and I'm telling you the passion like that he was speaking with about making things easier for consumers, all this stuff, he sounds just like Keith Robois or Eric Wu. You know what I mean? Like the same sort of thing. It's not even about the money. It's not even about, it's just how can I make this easier? How can I make this problem go away? I think they were a little bit blindsided when Open Door came out and just said, you know what? Why don't we just buy it? Right? And I think they've been interested in that since then. And they've been testing it because, you know, Zillow offers came out like six months after. And like, let's test it. Does this work? Does this work? My take on it is I think they knew by 2018, this works. Mm-hmm. Right? This works. It actually makes money. Like small amount of money, but it's not a loss. In other words, they're not losing money in every right. deal. It makes a small, small amount of money. And according to unit economics, they make about 0.6%, right? And it's like, yeah, that's really thin. I'm like, yeah, but it's not a loss. That's a big right. deal. And when you have part of the GDP being real estate, right. I mean, we're talking big right. numbers. Right, 0.6%, you know? And if like, hey, we could improve it to 1% and just make money on volume. Like, and I think that's when the billionaires... I think that's when Rich, in particular, was like, "Oh, I want it. You know, I want yeah, to do this." I, that's that's what I was going to preface. That's my take on it. I, my preface is exactly the same. Where I started out being kind of cynical about this in mm-hmm. a sense, but I think guys like Rich operate on a different level, different level. than all of us. Yeah. And 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 his thing is like, I think this is a legacy play for him. Oh, no doubt. Right. No where doubt. okay, you disintermediated fucking travel agents. Right. Right, you got people a, a better price for their their hotel room. Right, right. Real estate, you know, if you're going to be the guy that's going to be transforming real estate, that's legacy, and that's those guys. I don't think they're not going to get out of their fucking chair unless it's going to be something yeah. like yeah. that big, yeah. that transformational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's not. He's not getting out. He's not fucking. Sitting I, you up. know, I, I I don't even know if it's a legacy thing. I actually think it's maybe. A, so this is just. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I actually think it's a little bit like this. Once your income. Once your survival is absolutely secured uh, with, uh, I think they did tra- Expedia, right? Yeah. Or is it Travelocity? No, Expedia. It's Expedia. Once you do that, you know what? He had generational wealth already from right. that. He's like, I never have to work again. My kids don't have to work again. My grandkids don't have to work again. Once you get to that point, then I think for a lot of those guys, it just becomes, can I impact the world? No. Just, that's yeah. it. And can that's I legacy. impact the world? So it's like, okay, I did it in travel. And you're right, it is legacy. But I'm saying it's not just legacy. I'm saying I think for them it's just about can I have fun? Because the other part of this, I guess, is sort of like this. Because I try to imagine this. Imagine you're a billionaire. I know you're close, but... (laughs) (laughs) Thousandaire? Imagine you're a billionaire, right? I'm sure the first year, two years, you know, you're just having fun like buying whatever you see and you know, whatever, private jets and, right. you know, give me the 10 of the newest Lamborghinis, you know, buy a bunch of homes or whatever. But like, at some point, it's going to get boring, right? At some point, it's right. like, I'm sitting at home in my underwear and surrounded by supermodels. And at some point, it's like, okay, you know, even I, that gets kind of boring. Eee, okay, well, I, I, I wouldn't know, but yeah. But I'm just, I'm just saying, because I wouldn't know either, right? And at some point, you got to go, okay, what am I do with my time? And I think they're just looking for what would be fun. What would be 
interesting, what would be entertaining. And for guys like Rich, I think it is, can I change the world? Yeah. And this would absolutely change the world. The, the narrative now to me is, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, yeah. is, and I think you had made a comment uh, in Twitter about this too, is, it's really interesting to watch. You have Open Door that's been out there for four years. Right. They've been in Phoenix. They've been doing this whole thing. And they've got a, a nice workflow where they can buy and sell houses. They're and, awesome. And they know the tier they want to buy. Yep. They know how to flip those successfully yep. and everything else, right? Now, you have Zillow who, I, I forget what the stat was, but like every 10 minutes they get, you know. Yeah, something. Yeah. Some crazy thing. Yeah. So, they have the lead flow yeah. that's amazing, right? Yeah. So. To me, this is almost, it speaks to me like what I think Reed Hastings has said is we have to be HBO before HBO becomes us, right? It's a race. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. what is happening, I think, with both Open Door and also Zillow here yeah. is Zillow has the lead flow figured out, but they Correct. don't have the workflow figured out. Correct. Open Door, workflow figured out, figured out, not lead flow. Correct. This sounds exactly what the Trulia Zillow thing was. Right. Actually, Where, it's, it's better than Zillow and Trulia. Well, what I'm saying is right. that... Because it's complementary strengths. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's exactly... Yeah, to yeah. me, this, the thing with Trulia was they had the SEO figured out too, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. They needed that to kind of to come there, right? Yeah. So I think you tweeted this. I think, yeah. why don't they just buy right. Open Door? Because I think now you got lead flow and workflow. Right. Boom, baby. Boom. Right? Yeah. Eric used to work for Trulia anyway, right? right? So... And then J.D. Ross from Open Door tweeted, like, it's the other way around. Yeah. I, I thought, that was, really, yeah, I thought yeah. that was really cool. That, that is Fine. You know, it's, it's not an acquisition. It's a marriage. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, get married. Mer right? Yeah, merger. Just merger, yeah. you know? But uh, it, it just makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. Having said that, fact is, Zillow went out and made some really big hires. I, I haven't met the man, mm -hmm. but everything that I've heard about Eric Prower, who is now heading up the Zillow, offer Zillow Homes operational side because the way i understand it on the earnings call jeremy waxman was on there and he's sort of heading up zillow homes it's like a co-president situation i think he's doing more the leads the business financial whatever that side of things and it feels like eric and his whole team might be doing the operations on the street the workflow right. side of things right and that dude comes out of invitation homes. No, those guys bought a shit I mean, those ton of properties. Are, right? Yeah, so they you know, know. Yeah, they know that thing, yeah. right? If yeah. you're gonna, if you're gonna invest in somebody to figure that so, shit so out, so that speaks it's that speaks a little bit better that they're gonna figure out the workflow. Yeah. Before Open Door figures out lead flow, right? And the problem is, Open Door can't figure out the lead flow, right? Because you know that's that's traffic growth. Yeah. I mean, it's like they they could figure out like how to do it, but there's how to do it and then actually going out and doing it. You know, like if it were that easy to go get, you know, 50, 60 million page views, like unique right. visitors, Redfin would have been the, like, and Redfin's growing 20% a year, by the way. Yeah. And incidentally, we have to talk about Redfin in this context. Right? Sure. Yeah. Because what's amazing to me is how everyone's talking about Zillow, Zillow, open door Zillow. And Redfin's like off in a corner, just like, doo -doo -doo, ignore us. Like don't pay no attention over here. I'm like, those guys have everything that the other two have just in smaller scale, yeah, right? But they have everything. They have all the components. And they made a huge bet on iBuyer as well. I think they raised like $270 million or something last year. Yeah, but Real I mean... Real quiet. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I was just... Uh, I was at... Uh, I think you can watch the video uh, Inman Select as far as Mike Del Preti talking yeah. about the iBuyer space. And he has real numbers, actual data, yeah. you know, market statistics. He's great, by the way. Genius guy, yeah. right? And... Redfin is barely a blip with the Redfin now. They're not, they haven't really committed to that yet, right? Mm -hmm. They have it in place. They can, they can do whatever they want. I don't think they're fully committed to 
to that space yet. So once they do, we'll see what happens there. But uh, as it is right now, I don't think they're that big of a player in the eye buying side of it. Now, everything else, real estate is on general. You know, I think yeah. you and I are in agreement. Yeah. These guys are the ones to watch. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. the most important brokerage yeah, yeah. in the world, potentially. But no, I mean, I feel like what Del Preeti's data is still backwards looking. All I'm saying is that Redfin raised the money and they right. made the commitment. Now, right. that doesn't mean they've done it, but they see whatever Rich Barton saw to convince him to get back in. They saw too. Right. Because Glenn, the thing about Glenn is, you know, he's not... He's a, he's a cheap bastard. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to just go and like try shit. Like he's going to study it. He's going to look at the data. He's going to look at it, look at it, look at it, think about it twice, and then commit. Well, I remember it, so, when I went to this prop tech summit and yeah. Glenn was speaking, and he had some good. He had some really nice things to say about Open Door. And yeah. one of the things that he said was that they were the first company yeah. that thought like they did. And and what I, he meant by that is, if you know those guys. They are so focused on margin. They're yeah. so focused on the metrics of a business to yeah. kind of squeeze every dollar out there. Again, workflow. Yeah. Right. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Redfin thinks the same way, right? Yeah. You know? So th- there's an interesting thing there, right? Yeah. I mean, forget the Zillow buying open door, vice versa, sure. merging. Sure. How about a open door Redfin? Redfin merger. That could work too. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know, but I feel like the, the losers in all of that are probably going to be like the offer pads. Like they have to find, they've they got to do something quick, right? Well, yes and no. So here's how I look at it, right? We, we've been talking about this in the office a lot, meeting with people. If you look at this business to me on the, on the iBuyer stuff is like an inverted pyramid, right? The very tip at the bottom, you're talking about your flippers, investors, mm-hmm, right, right? Small right. percentage, maybe sure. less than 5% of the market, whatever. Above those would be buy and hold. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe paint and carpet, but they're like, that's invitation homes. They're mm-hmm. going to buy, yeah, yeah, yeah. hold it for the long yeah. run, rent yeah. out, and whatever else. Maybe rentals, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the rest is like Joe Blow consumer. Right. And a big section of that, I think what they're going for is going to be that convenience. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. when you look at all the different players out there, the flippers and those first two tiers, yeah. That's not what they're after. No. Right. You know, we might be after that with our iBuyer Connect stuff and everything else, but they're they're going big. They're in the convenience play, man. They're absolutely in the convenience play. Now, Now what's what percentage of that is going to be that, right? You know, everybody, you know, Greg Larson had a slide this morning that said it was going to be, somebody said it was going to be 50%. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's, I think, ridiculous. I don't think it's ridiculous anymore. I don't think it's ridiculous. And it's because Zillow released the unit economics. So I did that post. Right. And I, so I might as well talk about it a little bit, right? At least on the numbers that I'm looking at, unless I'm missing something, the homeowner actually will make more money selling to Zillow than they will by going with a realtor. That is a game changer. That changes everything, right? Because the expectation, the assumption we've all had in talking about iBuyer is that you're going to pay for convenience. Right. But, but they're losing money doing that right now. Who's losing money? Zillow. No, they're not. They're making money doing that that's what i'm saying okay, Greg. We'll, like, we'll, we'll see yeah. the, the unit economics like that's what the numbers say right homeowner makes more money and zillow makes tiny but they make money doing it that's a different world yeah. you know what i mean at that point yo this whole model convenience i buyer model could be 60 percent in five years yeah one of the things that they pretty saying is, yeah. is zillow's having trouble selling the homes they have. Mm-hmm. So they're carrying a lot of that on their sure. books right now. Right? Sure, And that, that doesn't bode well to the future if it, there, there is a giant shift here. Does it? Why? Uh, 
Well, I mean, those houses won't even, they're going to take a lot more time to sell. Okay, fine. So they take a 20% loss. So what? Yeah. I, I, Zillow's not going out of business. I mean, I run a business and a yeah. 20% loss isn't so what for me. I know, but you don't have a billion dollars in cash either. They do. My point is like, so fine, take a 20% hit. This is, I guess, what I'm getting at, right? If, and I think this is why Rich Barton's back in that seat. Right? Those dudes, you know, the Rich Bartons of the world, Elon Musk of the world, you know, Jeff Bezos, of, like those guys, 20% loss, I have 10 billion, like whatever, you know, okay, now we're going to readjust. In other words, let's just write off our loss, right? We lost 20% on this inventory that we have because the market shifted. Guess what? We're going to pay less for houses going forward. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's one of the issues I think is in the real estate, in, in our industry, most of us aren't used to thinking like that, right? Because we don't have that kind of capital. We don't, we're not billionaires and we don't, we can't think in those terms. Like, oh my God, a 5% loss. Like my margins are crushed now. I'm, you know, I got debt payments. Like those dudes are like, whatever. Again, tell pretty, I keep referring yeah, to yeah, yeah. back again is saying is that there are buy buyers enough to help them funnel or feed their seller lead business. Right. Okay. And, so you could look at this as like this is this whole thing is set up and if you want to talk about profitability, mm -hmm. they're gonna make more money on selling leads to agents that is also where they get almost like a, a right a net right revenue right churn in a sense. Right. So, you know, it could be just a, a giant thing of like, hey, even if we don't buy or sell, the agent's still selling that lead to the agent mm -hmm. and I'm making money that way. Right. So it kind of feeds upon itself. All I'm saying, no, I don't, I don't, look, when I wrote the whole iBuyer memo, you know, and the whole Red Dot report I did on that, I talked to Del Preeti, I looked at those and I said, yeah, okay, yeah, that's probably how it's going to work. There's this waterfall of cash that's going to come from seller leads. They'll make the premier agent business much more valuable. And then, you know, they'll, they'll pick up a few bucks on the iBuyer. All I'm saying is, if the unit economics of the iBuyer business, as Zillow published, are accurate, and since they go to jail if it's not accurate, I'm going to say it's as accurate as they know, right? Right. And so if it's wrong, it's because they themselves are wrong, right? They're proving um, out it's better to buy from Zillow. It's better to buy from Zillow. Yeah. Dude, at that point, the whole thing changes. Now, the seller lead business will be the candy will be the add-on it'll be you know what we don't want to buy that house because for whatever reason right it's it doesn't fit in our quote buy box right let's just sell that lead if it fits our buy box we're gonna buy it yeah. because the seller's gonna make more money and they're right there at the beginning of that holy thing. crap dude yeah. that's a game changer i'm saying at that point that i buyer the convenience i buyer model that's basically every single homeowner who zillow says we will buy your home should take that offer right. and that's crazy that's a game changer. Right. You know, that makes you know, my analysis completely you know, irrelevant. It makes Del Preeti's analysis. Because we're all we were premised on was you pay for convenience. If you're not paying for convenience, who the fuck wouldn't do that? Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're in the industry. We love realtors. And we know some really great realtors. If you had to sell your home tomorrow, and somebody said, if you sell to Zillow, you're going to net more money. You know, we'd be like, hey, we're real sorry, best friend. You know, we're like, you know, we'll, we'll go drink, we'll hang out, but uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to net more money. It, it's absolutely going to happen. And it's just a, the convenience and you're going to net more. Those two things are, are, are one-two right, punch. Right. Yeah. So that's a game changer. And I think if Redfin is seeing the same unit economics, <laughs> it's, yeah, the, right, the thing, things really change. Yeah. So I think that's why Zillow's pivoted. The question is, what then does this do for the industry? My take on it is, I think what this does is it really 
really ends up pressuring commissions in a really big way. So there are two things that I, I haven't written about this or anything. So two things that have sort of come out of this. One is it pressures commissions. Because the big part of the reason why I as a homeowner would net more selling to Zillow is because of the 6% commission rate. If that goes to 4%, you know, right. that goes to 3%. And at the same time, you have Redfin out there pimping the 1% listing. So I'm like, look, I feel like it's kind of heading there. The second thing that it does, to get him on, uh, the second thing that it does, I think, in a, and I'm, I'm waiting to see how the consumers react to this. I think what consumers will start doing is they'll start demanding that the realtors give them a guarantee. Well, that's, you mean like, if, if we, the home doesn't sell, we're going to buy it from you? In other words, I went to Zillow, requested an offer. They came back with, we'll buy your home for 300 Okay, I'm not going to call my realtor friend. I need you to guarantee I'm going to get this net. The net, not the, the price. The net, not the uh. price. I need you to guarantee this net. If you can't, I'm just going to sell to Zillow. Yeah, I think that's going to maybe work on some houses, but there's going to be some properties that are going to require a lot more that Zillow not, may not buy, right? But so, what I said is yeah. if I have an offer, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Once I have an offer, and yeah, by the way, it won't be just Zillow. Of the market that's right. going to happen. It's going to be Zillow. Sure. It's going to be Open Door. It's going to be Redfin. It's going to be every, all the iBuyers. I'm going to go request an offer, get all of them, and then go to a realtor and say, hey, so this is bird in hand. Right, yeah, right. yeah, and I got to give them twenty five thousand dollars seller commissions and you know concessions and this and that or the other thing, but I don't have to do an effing thing to my house. Right. What can you do for me? Right. And I think the realtor is going to have to say, I guarantee I'll get you at least that much. Otherwise, you don't get the listing. It'll be fascinating to see how that dynamic works out. You know. Yeah. Here's what I I will say too yeah. is, it's so goddamn exciting right now. Right. There's so many things going on. There's so much capital. There's so right. many different models. The brokerages, the franchisors, the MLSs, this whole space is just, it's awesome, isn't it? Right. I mean, uh, especially it for guys that watch it, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's one question I have for you before we end. I know we're getting kind of tight in time. Because, you know, you do Cloud CMA. Yeah. So obviously, comps are a huge part of this. Yeah. Would you consider iBuyer data to be comps? In other words, like Open Door paid X for this house. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. a comp, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Open Door sold this absolutely. house for this. Absolutely. That's a comp. Yeah. So if they're 20, 30% of the market, you know, collectively, in a way, don't they start setting what the market is? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, there's there's good comps and bad comps now in, sure. in the MLS. I mean, it might have been a quick sale for a divorce that really got lower than it should have. And, and realtors who know the market have to kind of overcome that, right? Mm -hmm. They already deal with those kind of issues now. Um, so I think they'll be able, it'll just be, if it's ever 35%, I mean, you know, it's going to be another another thing there. Right. But, yeah. Okay. I just wonder, you know, because that was the one piece like... The, the thing yeah. is, is that, you know, how are those going to get listed on the MLS? Right. A lot of times it's, you know, they're going to put it on... Zillow is going to have their own houses on their site before right. it puts it on the MLS for some period of time, depending on the policies and stuff. Potentially, right. S same thing with right. Open Door, right? right? So those things kind of get sticky. Right, right. Right, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays yeah. out, so... Hey, uh, always great. It's yeah. always great doing this in person. Yeah, too. So, uh, and uh, once again, thank you to our uh, listeners because without y'all, we don't do any of this stuff. So, yeah, thank you again. And, and again, go on to iTunes and, and write a review. Actually, if you write a yes. review, it's much better. Give us a five star rating if you can. That'll get us more in the ranks. And uh, only if we deserve it, though. Yeah, only know, if we deserve it. Because exactly. we, we, you know, yeah. if we suck, then we want to stop doing yeah. this. So, and we got to fight more again. Yeah, I know. We need to argue more. Yeah. All right. Thanks, All right. guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye.